Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yannick Sinner is a champion yet again, defeating Daniel Medvedev in back-to-back finals. This guy is going places, and can he finally win a Grand Slam in 2024? Yes, we'll also speak about who can still qualify for Turin, and of course, the big, big event happening right now, Paris. There's a lot of points at stake. We have Djokovic and Alcaraz fighting for year-end number one status, and we're going to go through everything in this episode of The Countdown. So don't go anywhere, get your hot drink, get your cold drink, sit back and welcome to the countdown. Novak Djokovic has won the Australian Open 35 matches unbeaten. He's done it, come on, he wins his 14th round of Gareth title. Djokovic wins the tour final for a record 18th time. So we're back for another episode of The Countdown, but we're not in person this week. JG, a bit under the weather, and I didn't want to catch it. So we've stayed uh, socially distanced, shall we call it, these days uh, in opposite ends of the capital. So that's Ben's excuse. The real truth is when we meet up, usually we play tennis before, and he just didn't want this smoke. Uh, forget Ooh. the cold. He didn't want the smoke. He was sick of the bagels and the breadsticks. He avoided me. Didn't want to play tennis. So we're doing this one remotely. Hmm. Is that true? Yeah. I would have quite liked to play tennis. To be honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm missing it. I feel like the every Maybe day that goes cold, every day that goes past that I don't play, I feel I get a little bit worse. So I need to keep on playing. So I'm looking forward to when you uh get back to full fitness and then i will be back on the court and hopefully challenging you and hopefully someday soon we'll have a a match that i could maybe win and then we can put a challenge out on the channel for me to actually get a victory but we're not here to talk about uh, our tennis as we always say and someone who's not getting worse on a tennis court is yannick sinner he is getting better and better every single time we watch him i've doubted him so much I've yeah. called him out and called him weak, 
But the carrot, <laughs> with all the carrots there in Vienna, is a champion again. And what has just blown me away with it is it's not him having good draws. Where in the past, Yannick Sinner, when he was winning some of the smaller events, his draw was okay and he had a nice little run. He's beating the top guys now. He's beating Daniel Medvedev again in a final. He yeah. beat Alcalaz the other week comfortably. Like, he's looking good. He's beating some top, top players. And Yannick Sinner right now, the title of the video is, can he go on to win a Grand Slam? I yeah. think you put his name in the hat seriously now. I know we've always sort of alluded that he could maybe do something great. And at Wimbledon, he's got to, I don't know if it was a semi-final or certainly a quarter-final. Yeah, semi. I know he's got close a few times, but it's every time it's Djokovic. The problem with him is, if he has to play Djokovic, can he beat Djokovic in a Grand Slam? Well, Probably we'll have to go best problem. of five. It's not gonna. He's not gonna beat him in straight sets. Novak Djokovic in the Grand Slam. There's gonna be quite a few sets. Does he have the the physical endurance and stamina to be able to go toe to toe with a Novak Djokovic? He's not shown he's been able to so far. But I think things are turning, and I I think you have to consider now Yannick Sinner as a contender for every Grand Slam. Yeah, it's one of those interesting points that we always used to bring up when he used to enter slams or any other tournament we would always say oh come on he's not had a very good draw this is the reason that he's not doing so well when really I feel that that's built him into the person that he is now having to play the Raffers early having to play some of the other bigger players I actually quite like to see him now run the gauntlet and have to face the top players because look at what he's producing on a tennis court. He is playing out of his skin. And that final in Vienna was even more impressive than the last final when he beat Daniel Medvedev. And I think that Medvedev leveled up and it proved he obviously went to three sets this time. But Sinner, I don't know what he, I don't know what he's taking. But uh, I, I could, if I'm going to learn from anybody, I think I could learn from him right now because some of the shots he can hit, it's incredible. They're like arrows down the line and flying past someone like Daniel, who stands famously about five meters back. Even he can't get to those. It's it's fantastic. It's incredible. I can't wait to see if he can do something now at the Paris Masters, because he's on Djokovic's side of the draw as well. He has the same recoverability as Alcaraz. Uh, it's that sort of young, juvenile determination to just chase everything down. That coupled with the fact that he hits the ball, I feel harder than Alcaraz. Um, yeah. It really does whip him. That forehand, there was a few of them. One in particular where he smacked it down the line. I think it was in the third set. Medvedev just couldn't get anywhere near it. I mean, it sounded so sweet. He hits a forehand a little bit like a Roger Federer. Uh, that's the closest thing you will ever get to a Roger, like the beauty of the way he plays it. And I just generally think he's going to go on and win some big things now. Um, he's shown he can beat the big players. We're just waiting for Djokovic. And I feel like we're going to get a matchup of Sinner-Djokovic in Paris. And if we do... Djokovic is going to have some questions to answer because this is going to be a different Yannick Sinner to all the other versions he's faced. Yeah, and he's sort of breaking records now. That's the good thing about Yannick Sinner. We were always saying, oh, he's sort of just a little bit behind the other ones, isn't he? He's a little bit behind your Alcalazes and your Lunas. 
I think he's right there right now. I think he's overtaking Holger Luna right now. And he's right up there with Alcalaz. He just needs to do it on a Grand Slam stage to prove to everybody that he is in the mix. Uh, right now, it's like the big four, I feel like, in the tournaments. We've got Medi, we've got Alcalaz, we've got Sinner, and we've got Djokovic. And I love the fact that it mixes the whole equation up now because you want to see where two of them are now, not just where Medvedev sits in the draw. So yeah. makes it more interesting. This is a really good tweet and one that you wanted to discuss. And it's talking about Sinner tying the record for most uh, titles won by an Italian man. And that's 10 titles, which is pretty, pretty impressive. And he shares the record with Adriano Panata. And you've got a list of his uh his wins there obviously the latest one being vienna we got sofia great ocean road washington uh sofia again antwerp umag montpellier toronto beijing and vienna and those last three obviously are fairly recent and yep. all pretty big tournaments as well, well. toronto's a masters 1000 so that was huge and he's now what like he's started from winning the 250s he's gone on and pushed on <laughs> Yeah. One one of Masters looked really good in Vienna, and Vienna was one of them tournaments where I know it's a five hundred, but it was stacked. There were so many top players, and if you can go on to win a Vienna, for me, you are someone who can do some big things in a Grand Slam, especially with that field. So great for Italian tennis, great for Yannick Sinner, and the other stat I did want to bring up was just some of his recent victories. It was also from the Tennis Letter. And you can see here oh, his last. Sure this, no, that was was, it that, was yeah. that the one? Sorry, apologies. Yeah. So his he's he has now won his last four matches against top five players. So Alcaraz seven six six one, Medvedev seven six seven six, Rublev seven five seven six. So some close sets these ones. <laughs> Very. Uh, and then Medvedev in the last one seven six four six six two. That first set he had no right to win. Medvedev was up in the set. He was in, up in the tie break as well. He just kept plugging away and didn't go away. And now he's shown he's beaten these top players, but can he beat a Djokovic? That's the one, isn't it? That's it's just the... him. Like he's he doesn't he's never never looked close. I don't think even when he was two sets up at Wimbledon, it just never looked like he was going to win that match for a second. No, that is the problem. But I think the one positive thing that we're seeing from all of these matches is, despite how close they are, and there's a lot of tie-break sets in there, Yannick Sinner proving. He can really hold his nerve at the back end in the business end of a set. And against the likes of someone like a Medvedev, big serving player, he relishes the indoor hard courts as well. So it's absolutely fantastic from him. And I only expect him to get better and better. To answer the title of this video, I thought we should do this on this episode. Can Yannick Sinner win a Grand Slam? I've already said my piece. I think it is extremely possible and I am predicting it's going to happen in the next few years. But what Grand Slam can he win? Like, which one is he favourite for? I think the obvious answer would be the US Open purely because that one pulls a few more surprises. But we've seen results-wise some of his best coming at Wimbledon. He's looked good. He can play on the clay. So I want to ask you, Ben, which Grand Slam can he win and do you think he can very soon? Yeah, I do think he can. Um, the obvious one, like you said, it would be that uh, US Open, but I'm not going to go for that one. 
I think Wimbledon. I don't know why. There's part of me. I've seen, and Alcaraz maybe has laid the blueprint there, but to show Djokovic is now beatable at Wimbledon. And if Sinner was to play as he did up until Djokovic and then didn't get the nerves and plays like he does now, then anything's possible for Yannick Sinner. I think that his serve is so effective on the grass and he hits the ball so clean and hard, it skims off the surface. He looks nearly unbeatable, but I need to see him do it against Novak Djokovic. Well, maybe he won't have to play him. Who knows? This is the thing with uh, Grand Slam. If they're on the other side of the jaw, you might not even have to face him. So can you confirm you're going for a 2024 Wimbledon victory? for Yannick Sinner, or will it come later than that? It might come later than that, but I think that that could be the one. Uh, I could, we could the see one he Yannick wins first. Yeah, I think so. I think it's extremely hard to win Wimbledon as your first Grand Slam. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going US Open, but maybe not so safe, because I think he's going to win it next year. I generally believe Yannick Sinner could win his first Grand Slam next year. I think it makes the whole landscape of tennis a little bit more exciting because we need rivalries. We need players who can win. We can't just keep looking at Rafael Nadal, Adkaraz and, yeah. of course, Novak Djokovic. Adkaraz has got into the fold, but aside from them, Medvedev, he can do it. But we need we need more. We need more We need more Slam uh, champions. Well, let's have a look. Uh, this is him across all of the slams, just quickly, just so that we can see, obviously, Wimbledon, his best result. So, that, But all the others, quarterfinals, um, he's pretty even across all slams, yeah. really, if you look at him. Um, Australian Open, there's still an opportunity there, I think. Uh, it's all dependent on a draw. And now he, he's going to be a top four player and... You might not have to play someone like a Djokovic to a semi-final every time. So it's even better for him right now. His results are making slams easier for him, surely. Yeah, that's a really good point you've made. Uh, with him being a higher seed, he will avoid a lot of the top players until, like you say, semi-final time or a very worst quarter-final. Um, but let's move on from Yannick Sinner. That is the main segment of the first pit of the channel. Uh, let's go on to some other news and oh no sorry let's not do that let's quickly speak about this because <laughs> yeah. it's Hubie Hercatch and then we'll get on to other news and the reason his photo is here because he is the mover of the week he did extremely well got all the way to the final lost to Felix which was a surprise I thought I thought Hercatch would have won that one I know Felix with his history in finals he's lost so many of them Rain he's not having a good year but he is the reigning champ and managed to beat him. It surprised me. Let me know in the comment section if it surprised you too. Uh, but Hubi Hercatch will be very thrilled with another good result, getting all the way to the final. He's moved up, and he's moved up two positions into ninth place. So you may have to zoom in if you want to see how, how that's really affected the points. It's a bit blurry, a but bit it's 3,075. Hulk got Runa 3,290. Runa got a good result uh, by getting to the semi-final i believe uh yeah he did well yeah push up so he's kept the pressure on zverev's a bit of a loser in all of this because he's not done much but he's got a nice cushion so he's okay and i feel it's going to be going down to really fritz hercat runa for the final spot yeah i i would agree with that i don't see any of the others doing enough in paris yep. to to really 
changed my mind. And, and the huh. other week, Ben, we both went her catch on a, maybe on a little bit of recency bias, but I think it was a smart move. And yeah. he is in pole position, pardon the pun, to do it. <laughs> he is indeed. He is in pole position. And he could face Medvedev in Paris, though. That's the only thing. Like, but will it be enough points if he was to get up to the Medvedev match, I'm not so sure. He may have to beat Medvedev in Paris to qualify. That's tough. Well, Medvedev might not get there. Mate, well... Does Medvedev not have Dimitrov before? He does, but I still fancy... Oh, Dimitrov run him close in the last time, so... It's one of those, isn't it? It's like, it's up in the air. I mean, let us know in the comments section who you think is going to qualify out of these remaining few. Do you think Zverev's going to be able to hold on in there? I think he's pretty self-assured of that spot, but it's never say never. He could be the one who misses out. It could see Runa and Herkac over overtake Zverev. You never well, know. One thing in Runa's favour is he's now entering the tournament which is his, one of his favourites. He beat Novak Djokovic this yeah. time last year. So we know he plays Paris extremely well and he's, he'll have some confidence with his results. So potentially, Holgaruna, if he has a good run, then that'll be enough. Like you'd think if he gets to semi-final, I can't see Hercatch beating that and that'll be enough for him. Well, he's going to have to get past Djokovic if he does that, but uh, he did it last year. Who's to say he won't be able to do that again? Uh, should we go on to some latest news? Uh, let's get on to the next section. Press the button, maestro. Here we go, the latest news segment. We've spoke about the chances for the race to Turin, who we think is going to qualify. Let us know in the comment section. And we've spoke about Yannick Sinner, what other news do we have? We'll start wow. off with the Sir Andy Murray. Yes. And I know I keep bringing up tweets from Nishikori Pigs. <laughs> um, it does fascinate Sponsor. me. <laughs> but you can see this is the price volume over time in the Andy Murray match against Alex Dimonov. So for those who don't know, Andy Murray was up in the third set 5-2. I believe he had a match point at one point. Ended up losing. A month ago today, by only a day, he was playing Alex Dimonor again. He was 5-2 up in the third set. Ended up, he had match points, I think two or three in that time. Ended up losing. So it's sad. happened now twice against the same opponent in a matter of a month. And, crazily, there was a lot of people betting on Andy Murray at 1.01 with some big, big, heavy bets. <sighs> And it's all lost. I'm talking thousands of dollars here, Ben. Wow. I mean, that is... Look at that. some of those figures on the screen as well. I'll try and zoom in just uh, in case people can't see them too well, though. Maybe if I click it, I can go even a bit deeper. So this is some of the some of the backing prices. And look at the prices as well. 1.01. That is crazy. <laughs> that is, a, for me, a stupid odds <laughs> to ever back. <laughs> but the fact that it's been backed with 16,000 euros, that's nuts. I mean, there's a lot of people probably very angry walking away with no money uh, after Andy Murray lost on match point uh, in two matches. Right, for this one from your friend Pavy G. Uh, I didn't think you'd bring one up uh, of Pavy, but he obviously uh, has something worthwhile to hear here from you. So go on. Well, he's saying the biggest choke of Andy's career 
I mean, it happened last month, the same thing, <laughs> and that's probably a bigger choke because he had more match points. But yeah, you can't. I would love to show the video, but unfortunately, we'll get pulled. But after it was, he, he lost point on a net cord where it hit the net cord and bounced his way. And Andy just lost his mind completely, just completely obliterated his racket. It's tough for him. Um, the end, and it gets booze from the crap. I think he got booed <laughs> from the Paris crowd. And the mad thing also about all of this is Andy Murray, his record in Paris now is not great. He did win it one year and got yeah. to a final. 2016, but, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. But the last three years or four years, there's been some terrible losses. He's had, I think, seven match points against Kwepfa, lost, <laughs> lost to Jill Saman the year before. <laughs> there have been some really tough ones to take. And this one today is added to the list. It's a really tough pill to swallow for Sir Andy. <sighs> Poor Andy. I mean, you don't see him smash rackets up very often. So it, he must have been so, so frustrated for that to happen again to him. I don't like to see it. I know that we were talking about him in comparison with the Dominic team. And uh, is it really like the end of the road for big tournament wins? Uh, and I feel that this type of result, when that happens to you, he probably thinks the whole world's against him. He probably thinks I've got this metal hip and now I'm actually playing well. And now the match points go against me. <sighs> it just... Poor Andy, that's all I can say. Hopefully he can uh, bring himself back and we see him probably going to be next year now, I would have thought. Uh, Australian Open. Get well soon, Andy. Mentally, we want you back in the in the uh, good books. ATP Cup, probably. Maybe. Wait and see. <laughs> never, uh, never sure what he's going to be playing these days. I just want him to save himself for the slams, if I'm totally honest. Right, next one. Well, next one. I uh, thought they'd bring this one up just because uh, it probably relates more to our draw preview we did last night. There was a few people uh, were even commenting after this one. And it was Davidovich Fakina knocking out Ben Shelton in the first round. Ben Shelton, since winning in Tokyo, has now lost in the first round, obviously to Sinner. Can't really uh, attack him for that one in the last tournament in Vienna. And now to Fakina, who played very well. I put this little one out with uh, Fakina hanging up the phone on him there. <laughs> there he is. And uh, just really just to say, didn't you have him going through yeah, knocking out yeah, Novak Djokovic yeah. in Paris? Uh, so I thought I'd just bring that one up for us all. Uh, and if you're a Djokovic fan, feel free to write a nice comment uh, about this oh, prediction. Everyone for the poor sound audio there. I think Ben must have cut out... Uh, <laughs> He's having clearly some issues with his mic. But we'll move on to the next part of the news. <laughs> right, I think that that's it for the news for today, to be honest. I think we're going to move straight on into tennis shootout. Well, in that case, what I'll say about Ben Shelton is he will be back stronger. And he is coming for you, Djokovic. He is coming for you. And he is going to hang up that phone and actually win a match against you one day. Maybe. Maybe never. <laughs> All right, turn the shoot out, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Here, Here we go. go. Come the on. section where me and Ben ask each other a question and we dilly-dally around for 30 seconds and then get it wrong. <laughs> That's pretty much the running theme. <laughs> Actually, 
to speak about this uh, from last week because I know that wasn't it the big one last week we did about Alcaraz versus Djokovic and Nadal, the Federer and all the stats. And then we had the big question about all the ATP points. We had like a, a comment that came in uh, after that. And I thought that I just wanted to read that one out because I know that I, all the Djokovic fans didn't actually get on my back, which I was actually very grateful for because I did say Federer had the highest points total. And then it was actually Djokovic, you said. But then somebody came in with a comment into the comment section and they said, actually, Ben was correct. Uh, Federer had the most points in 2006, but in 2009, the ATP doubled the uh, points at its tournaments. So th this is actually an interesting thing. So it says in 2006, Federer had 16,740 points based upon the, the points. If this is true or not, uh, please let me know in the in the comment section. Um, thanks to Charles Friesen for writing this one in, though. I appreciate that. He said, keep up the great shows, guys. Love them. But really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, maybe save my bacon a little bit there, because I did say Federer, because I did think that he did have some incredible years. But I think it's so close. Those two, Djokovic and Federer, pretty close on the points there. Yeah, thanks, Charles. And <laughs> is that is that is that you confirming then that you think Federer is the greatest of all time? Nah, it's definitely not. It's just me saying. Is that what you I, want to say? I, I'm out trying loud. to. I'm trying you to claim the episode now. You I'm think, trying you think to. Federer is the guy. I'm trying to claim a point off of a tennis shootout here. I'm trying to gain something back here from last week. I think I lost, didn't I? I got out, not out of a three-part question. So, trying my best. Someone's trying to get me a point back. I don't know. I appreciate it, Charles, though. But let's oh, go on got, to this week's one. You've got an opportunity to get a point today, and I'm going to give Come you your on. question first. Woohoo! I did have a question lined up for you. Uh, unfortunately, you heard Hillian the Nastasi. answer. <laughs> I'm going to go for <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't realise you could hear my mic. So before we went live, I played it out loud. And yeah, it got ruined. So I've had to think of another question. I should have just not said anything earlier and then seemed very brainy. But no, I, I'm glad I didn't. But I love this question even more. Because it's just a great question. So you ready? Right. Okay. I'll get the. I'll, let, let me just get a timer ready. There we go. Yeah, you're gonna need it. Thirty second timer. Okay. Right. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So, as you know, two very successful players at the ATP Finals have been Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. They've lost a few times. They've lost, in fact, the same amount of times at the ATP Finals. My question to you is how many times have they lost? Go. Oh, word. Well, let me turn that music down a little bit. <laughs> um, how many times have they lost? Well, on the last week's episode, I brought up the fact that Djokovic lost all three of his first time that he ever played it. And we do know he's now played it for, what was it? I remember you told us the stat. It was about 16 times or something. Uh, so I'm going to have to throw out a bit of a punt on this one. And I'm going to go with... He's lost... I'm saying... Oh, it's it. I think that's going to oh, be nearly time. it. I th I'm going to go with 16. Just because that number's in my head, I'm going to go with it. Okay, I'll stop the music. Oh. You've gone for <laughs> 16 <laughs> times. 
<laughs> I can confirm that's very close, but it is wrong. Roger ah. Federer and Novak Djokovic have lost 17 times. Ah, so close. Wow. Roger I... Federer has a win-loss record of 59 wins, 17 losses. Novak Djokovic, 46 wins, 17 losses. So both 17 losses at the Nitto ATP Finals. Out by one. Unlucky. Good attempt. Oh, that's very, very sad. Um, unfortunately, I got that one wrong then. So that's a big X next to my name. Yeah, and in terms of years qualified, Federer's qualified 18. Do you remember he has the record? Yeah. And Nadal 17, Djokovic 15 times. Ah, so was it? Uh, for some reason, I thought 16, but that was the one I was going for. Is it this one's going to be 16 coming up? Most likely, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what probably happens why. usually. That's why I thought of it, because I think you announced that on some. And I was going to read out my question, but you've just read out the answer to my question in some stats that you've just been <laughs> reading out. <laughs> <laughs> just completely ruined that one. So I guess you get one point this way. <laughs> really? You're not going to give me the question? No, I will give you a question. Let me just find another quick question. Right, so I found a new question. So we're just going to have to go with this one. Uh, it's a bit of a uh, bit part question as the other one uh, got ruined by your question. But let's just go with it anyway. We're running out. I'm glad that the, the, the ATP Tour Finals are nearly upon us. So this is going to be your question for the day. Who is the youngest ever ATP Tour Finals champion? Go. Oh, there it is. <laughs> right. I think the answer's Boris Becker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lock in Boris Becker. Ooh. Early. <laughs> he did very well in his young career. But I'm afraid the answer is incorrect. Okay, who is it? It's actually the same answer as I think your last question. It's John McEnroe. <laughs> so, How old was John McEnroe then? That's a good point. How old was John McEnroe? Well, you don't even have that prepared, Ben. No, I don't. I don't have that prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I just know he was the youngest one. I'll, I'll, go, I'll guess then. Okay, have a guess before we look. I'll go with 19. That's going to be my guess. 17. No, right. I'm joking. Let's 18. have a look. That's okay, John McEnroe. No, it's not. It's definitely not. It's 19. It's... Oh, is it? I think it's 19. Oh, okay. We both go in 19 then. Yeah. Uh... So let's have a look. It this says, is fun for the viewer. It's currently the youngest player. <laughs> 19 years, 10 months, and 22 days. 19. Close to 20, though. Anyway, that was fun. So both. Well, that really was a complete that. mess. But at least I had a question ready, and Ben didn't. So well, I did. If I'd on. have gone, if I'd have, well, I'm actually lucky that you went first because if I'd have said mine, you'd have gone 59. Roger Federer. <laughs> <laughs> so it was probably worked out for the best. Otherwise, I didn't give you just a free point this week. I was going to go right. for a two-part question as well. Right. I think we'll wrap it up there then. No more Q and A questions. Uh, make sure leave some questions for the next episode of the countdown. We will be back in person, and Ben can't avoid me on the tennis court this time. Hopefully, Ben will have a question prepared for next week, and hopefully, Carlos Alcaraz will have whooped Novak Djokovic's ass in Paris. 
but time I'm back again for another episode of The Countdown. Make sure if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, and also listen to us on Spotify and give us five stars. Anything left to say, Ben? No, but I'm hanging up the phone on your predictions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's planned that one. (laughs) See ya. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.